Welcome to Relational Conversations, a podcast where we talk about relationships, communication, and the ways they're intertwined. I'm your host, Michael Porcelli. For this episode, I'm so glad to be joined by Kendra Kunov, a longtime friend and collaborator of mine. Whenever she and I connect, I figure I'm in for a discussion that could go just about anywhere, from deeply personal sharing to our perspectives on global, political, or spiritual themes. She and I don't always agree on everything, but how we navigate our disagreements is not only respectful, but mutually valuable and worthwhile, and uh, I'm so glad to have her as a friend. Some years back, Kendra and I created a training called the Authentic Relating Comprehensive. This was for people who were looking to build and deepen their relational and communication skills. Here's a little bit more about Kendra's work. She works with men, women, and couples in the areas of embodiment, intimacy, communication, and authentic self-expression. She also works with organizations and leaders who know that embodied presence, truth, connection, and integrity are the ways to access true success in both business and in love. In our conversation today, like many others that we've shared, Kendra and I laugh as we geek out on many relational topics. I'm really pleased to welcome you to listen in on this conversation. Please enjoy. Hey, this is Michael Porcelli, and I'm here with my good friend, Kendra Kunov. Hey, Kendra. Hey, hey. We have known each other 14 years now. Kind of wild. We just determined. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And uh, we met through this workshop called the Authentic Man Program. And in the years since then, we've on and off been colleagues and facilitated together. We even created a training together. And um, we sort of, whenever we talk, we love geeking out about relational dynamics and communication and the interplay between all of these things and Stuff like that. At least that's one topic area that seems to be we can't avoid getting back into. And uh, since you're one of my favorite people to talk about these things with, I thought, how awesome would it be to record us talking about those things and maybe let some people in on what conversations between you and me sound like? What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, so I often say it's both in that realm. And then I, I often say that you're one of my favorite people to disagree with, I think, for oh, those yeah. same reasons. And some of it is, you know, the geeking out is often in the realm of agreement. Mm -hmm. Although there, is, you know, we kind of will tease things apart or say, like, well, I kind of see it this way or it feels a little different this way or what about in this realm or something. But then but then there are places where it's just in in life, you know, we sort of approach life mm -hmm. slightly differently or and and I think that, that it's the the bedrock of these kind of conversations and the coming back to them at, that mm -hmm. that has me say, like, you're my favorite person to disagree with. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like there's something um you know, when when I think of like helping people out with their communication, you know, one of the polarities we like to pay attention to is like sim both similarity and difference, right? And like we're not uh, – nobody is a perfect clone of another person. Even identical twins have differences, right? So there are <laughs> differences and it's like, well, what – how do you navigate this kind of way that relationships kind of get 
in sync kind of resonating like oh we're agreeing and it feels so good or hey now we're kind of disagreeing and maybe it feels a little more intense or exciting and like in a way i think that's a sign of a healthy relationship a healthy connection where people can move between similarity and difference with relative ease and skill and that definitely is something that you and I, you know, you are also one of my favorite people to disagree with because we do have important differences. Yet there is a way that, at the level of of how we communicate with mm-hmm. each other, yeah. that keeps our relationship strong and undergirds our conversations, whether we're really agreeing or disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and kind of what's pings for me about this actually is. It reminds me of you know, the last time we talked when we were actually in person and we were a little mm-hmm. bit talking about having this kind of a recording and 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 we're throwing around like, well, what's the, you know, we could talk about anything. Sure. We think we're interesting at least, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, if we wanted to give it some loose framework and the piece that popped up was around this idea that one place that we really have shared um vision in a sense or mm-hmm. like a shared goal around why we teach or what we mean by authentic relating or like our come from around these pieces has more to do with wanting people to have the kind of relating they want yes with the people they want to have it with yes versus a kind of communication mm-hmm. and and so what you were saying about the way we relate is that part of what I think makes those different conversations fun or work or continue to build towards a more like deeper relationship Mm -hmm. um, where again, I count you like you're one of the, you know, I mean, you're just just like one of the people I count as, as really a dear friend over Mm -hmm. all these years and through a lot of different phases and totally, um, you know, that I reach out to with complex things going on with myself or, is that we do both resonance and difference on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're talking about like it's sort of healthier. People want this flow between, you know, resonance, the way we think of it on the positive side is like we're agreeing and it feels good that we're agreeing. And on the negative mm-hmm. side, right, it's just kind of like, wah, wah, wah. you know, it's just like kind of boring. We, we lost the spark, in, right. you know, in sexual relationships, that's how it's talked about. Or like, difference right often that's seen as like the challenge because disagreement Mm -hmm. but then we also go for like but i want you know zing or spark or energy or so you know so how do we do these on purpose basically yep yeah totally you know we did this training called the authentic rating comprehensive together and we presented these models like polarity like we just talked about similarity difference there's many polarities in relating and I suppose on the one hand, we're gesturing towards what healthy relating looks like in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like at least being aware of these different dimensions, these different ranges, these different polarities so Mm -hmm. that people can have choice. Because I think a lot of times people don't even know what's on the menu or what's sort of available. They're just in Mm -hmm. a trance from their culture of origin or just emulating what parents or teachers taught them or media and whatever says. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But then the reason why we lay out all these things is not to get like a cookie cutter mold of relating like, aha, uh-huh, so now that now that you understand masculine and feminine polarity, then what you want to do is just like figure out how to be amplify that like all the time or whatever. It's like, well, some people like that. Some people like less of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people don't even know that there is like a a dial or a lever on that dimension. And so like giving people the tools to kind of understand what Mm -hmm. is available gives them the opportunity to make choices around it for ultimately the goal of like, hey, people people want their (laughs) relational world to Mm be, it's there is a little bit of a uniqueness to it or a, a very personal, intimate, it's not a moral thing, really, like it's right or it's wrong. It's really custom. Yes. I mean, it's funny that you brought this up, too, because I was I was um, I was thinking about in some ways what I one of the things that I actually think can be missing mm-hmm. from the world of authentic relating mm-hmm. is more attention on what each person wants. Mm hmm. Uh, or like specifically the 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 ongoing layered practice of but what how do i how do i actually want this to go or what do i want in this conversation what do i want in this relationship mm-hmm. how do i want it to change how have i changed mm-hmm. and in and it, it's a little bit what you're speaking to which is kind of like one framework can just be traded for another Right. Like we could, you know, a certain overculture framework of like, just be nice could just be traded for like, just say everything all the time, you know, just share all your feelings. Right. And so, you know, those are a little bit dramatic, but I think there can be that. And there's value to this, like giving specific formats for having conversations because it starts to expand, but it can become just another framework. Mm -hmm. And this like ongoing, I don't even want to call it self inquiry because it's like, it can get so navel gazy, but this like ongoing discovery of both what do I personally want? What do uh-huh. you personally want? Yes. What does the relationship, like what's actually alive in the relationship itself? And how are, like, how's everybody enjoying it? You know? So- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a couple of things. There's almost some paradoxes in here, but one thing that you trace that I want to, iterate to it is like you know in in when we've encountered people who like maybe first find something like authentic relating or circling mm-hmm. or this thing they get excited about it's like they're like oh my gosh i didn't really realize how much possibility and then it's like well, let me try to just do more of that and it may be mm-hmm. like oh more open or more authentically self-expressed or more connected more of that yummy close feeling get let's get closer <laughs> like this let me just reveal more like radical yeah. honesty and we're just gonna say what we really think and yeah and it be, it can become like a dogma if people sort mm-hmm. of just get stuck there i do think there is like a developmental phase mm that people go through, like when they find a community of practice of like, especially mm-hmm. when they kind of find, you know, the relational communities of practice, it gets really, um, can almost kind of have like an addictive quality to it. Cause it's like, oh, it's just us and our mm-hmm. talking. Let me tell me about your feelings now. Like I want to hear like, what <laughs> this is like, what is this like? You know, like, oh my God, it's like this and it's like that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, it's some people think it's, 
weird or culty or something. And other people get really into it. And you kind of go through that phase of really, in a way, you're just kind of like doing the exercises to get that part of you that maybe was dormant or really underdeveloped kind of going. Then there's this other navel gazy thing that you also mm-hmm. brought in too, which, which I actually kind of find is there is almost something in the authentic relating culture in particular, but maybe other relational ones too, where it becomes subtly like narcissistic, right? Like yeah. it becomes more like, what am I feeling or what do I want or what do I think about this and what do I want to say and I need to say it and this sort of thing where it's like where you're sort of tuning out a little bit, like what maybe the overall relationship means or needs mm-hmm. like something more mm-hmm. inclusive like what's what what would be of the highest good at least the way that i conceive it for me and you and for our relationship mm-hmm. and that might mean i don't necessarily like open up and blab everything you know what i mean totally yeah i mean it's funny because i sometimes use this as an example um it seems like it used to happen a little more in the past, but we'd get together and you have a real spaciousness, you know, and you would listen and I could share things and I would like, blah, 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 blah. and then there'd be a point where you'd be like, awesome, it's really great to hear what's going on. I would like to talk now. <laughs> and and I was like, and, and the, the great thing about that was, first of all, it always, it, like your being always felt very open in a way mm-hmm. that I never, like, I was just like, oh, I would love to hear you talk too, actually. So I never was like, oh no. I talked too much and but it was just like, oh yeah, I did, you know, I did a lot of talking. Michael would like to talk. I, I would like to hear him. Um, but yeah, this way, like how to bring in wider pieces. And so mm-hmm. I think I was thinking of that in relation, you know, I mean, you might want to share right off the bat, but then also you just see, I have a lot to share and it's not like, oh, I guess I will just postpone my desires and or wait, or somehow, you know, like, like, oh, well, can we fully do this thing that Kendra just has a lot to say? But then also it is true. I have, you know, and and that also for there, for the life to continue bubbling, mm-hmm. Michael needs to talk too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah this, this kind of touches on, uh, you know, I think another polarity, this is one of my favorite ways of talking about relational dynamics is in terms of these polarities. And this is another one where it's like um, in a conversation, who's doing more of the talking? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will feel a little bit weird if that's super asymmetrical in a mm-hmm. relationship, like all of the time. Oh, yeah, this is where I quietly listen and this person just goes. And that's that's mm-hmm. how I would just characterize the relationship. And nobody really is kind of in touch with their desire for the opposite. Maybe it's like, uh, sometimes I get tired. I love talking, but I get tired of hearing myself talk sometimes. Yes. <laughs> or honestly, I've watched this happen, and it may be slightly more of like a, a traditional male-female dynamic, mm. but sometimes I see the females in relationship keep talking, like hoping that he'll talk. It's almost like if I keep talking, he'll talk more. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which is funny <laughs> it is I know if you say it out loud it's sort of like well then that obviously doesn't actually work um, but so it, so it is it's like how we put our attention on what is needed mm-hmm. is complex and mm-hmm. sometimes it truly is inwardly my desire or like either checking verbally or with my own senses your need or desire and sometimes it's just some like some broader awareness that includes 
both of us or or that you know the third body that we like mm-hmm. talk about like the relationship itself mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean for me this was kind of revelatory I, mean, I can't exactly pinpoint it in time but you know in that you know you helped create this community training authentic relating and i kind of came in as like a newbie like in 2008 and Mm -hmm. i remember different pieces kind of clicking in over time and one of the ones that really when it came together was kind of like a bit revelatory was like can i like look at you be with you talk to you listen to you there's have it back and forth where my attention is not just like up in my head on what I'm going to say next or just over here on my side or mm-hmm. way over there on you and totally losing connection with me. But mm-hmm. can I be interacting with you while I'm also putting some amount of attention? I suppose you could think about it as like nonverbals or just sort of like, mm-hmm. how does Kendra seem like right now? What does, does it seem like she's experiencing from my point of view? Like as she's listening to me or as she's talking. And then what is it like for me in my Mm -hmm. body, in my feelings, in my sensations, like as Kendra is talking or as I'm talking with Kendra and to like, okay, well, can I sustain that expanded attention sphere Mm -hmm. like throughout a conversation or at least be able to return to it fairly easily? And that Mm -hmm. was like, I didn't realize I just did not even know how to do that until Mm -hmm. I started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, I'm now sensitive to myself and the impact that I'm having and the impact they're having on me all kind of simultaneously, like almost like a multiple channels, like on a sound mixer or something like all those things, all those volumes can be actually like turned and I can hear them all at the same time. They're all coming Mm -hmm. through my, it really is an embodied experience. It really is. I mean, this is actually, it's reminding me of something that um, that I also think doesn't necessarily happen in like strictly authentic relating spaces. Mm, interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's interesting to hear you speak to that you actually did get it there. Yeah. So what, what's right? What I'm imagining about this is like it's possible, and it's a little like the way you described it of that simply by putting ourselves in a space of something like like lifting weights or like we just do the things over and over again and mm-hmm. and these other pieces can be um learned without without it necessarily being the specific intention but i i do think of that actually as a, that like what you said embodied mm-hmm. and that it is related to our nervous system capacity mm-hmm. and that's the part i was thinking about like we don't necessarily we might talk about the nervous system because it's all the rage right now Sure. But like what, you know, actually what it means to both self-regulate and co-regulate and like be able to regulate myself while mm-hmm. in connection with you or part of what makes these, I think about actually, I can't remember now what I did. I did some sort of stupid thing and you were um, kind of upset about it. I mean, this is so long ago. Okay. Uh, but you you called me. And, and first of all, I mean, you did bring it in a way where you were checking it out. You were like, hey, I saw this thing and seems like da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, but also what was required was like something in me 
that neither immediately needed to defend against you mm-hmm. or needed to collapse. Mm-hmm. Which again, I think of actually, I mean, we've talked about right posture and collapse, mm-hmm. but but there is a sense that that's also a flexible nervous system. It's 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 both strong and flexible in the way that it's like, oh, I know I'm not dying right now mm-hmm. just because someone's upset with me and I might have made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that actually, the, this is why it's a challenge. It's like, in a way, that's not the explicit piece sometimes of when we're teaching in the relational realm or giving people things. Mm-hmm. And and it's a little chicken or an egg. Mm-hmm. But I also, there is a way that it's foundational. And like, oh, we can't continue. We can start and we can practice and see if this gets built. But there's like a certain plateau I think we'll hit where we'll just be going through the motions, right? Like people who do, quote unquote, do nonviolent communication, but it's just they have all the right words. <laughs> yes, but actually there is like either a defense or a collapse, right? Rather than like, oh, I, I, I can't actually be open to you. I was open to that I had hurt you yeah. and that I might actually, there might actually be a place for genuine apology without that I am a bad person or I need to collapse in shame. Mm-hmm. And that's a, I don't know, it's just kind of, we may not go down that rabbit hole, but it's like its own thing in relationality. Totally. I, I love this. I've, I've um, I've I've starting to use another term now, which is, I call it relational communication, which to me kind of captures both sides of this. Like a lot mm. of the stuff, especially like like you said, nonviolent communication, authentic mm-hmm. relating. We were kind of trying to capture something more relational about it, and I mean, maybe mm-hmm. to listeners who've never distinguished these two things, they're just like, "What are you talking about? Relating, communicating? I guess they're the same." Or what? What do you right. mean? What do we mean by the difference between those things? Mm-hmm. And it really is it, one simple way of looking at it is like the difference between the kind of verbal dimension and the embodied dimension. Um, but, you know, the relational, I think, is just more encompassing of all of it. It's the words that we're saying, but it's also how we're feeling, and it's also what our bodies are doing, and there's like a, a felt mm-hmm. sense of our relationship. Like, even when you're not here in front of me, either in person or on a screen, I can mm-hmm. imagine you and then be like, oh, I have thoughts that mm-hmm. percolate there or uh maybe oh yeah i I totally forgot this dangling thread in our conversation that i wanted to come back to with her or something like that like the feeling of the relationship is i think more of a holistic sense and i think everybody has this i think of it as like Mm -hmm. just a a relational capacity you could think about as relational intelligence if you want to think about it in those terms and it is the kind of communication that we do when we start to put words to these dynamics or ask these kind of questions like, hey, what was that like? Or you seem like this. Or, hey, this is what it was like for me. Or this is what I want. These kinds of things are mm-hmm. kind of using that verbal channel to essentially address this broader relational dimension. And I think a lot of communication frameworks just don't really talk about the relational dimension explicitly. Right. Or, yeah, they don't necessarily talk about it or it's sort of, I mean, again, just to use nonviolent communication mm-hmm. as an example. And people have sort of strong opinions. About yeah, I've done it a lot and I have opinions. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, people totally love it, swear by it, and other people say it's like the most violent communication yeah. <laughs> there is, you know, anyway. So I'm not, I just want to say I'm neither here nor there in a certain sense. Um, and part of what's so present to me, so I actually was able to work with Marshall Rosenberg, and I think maybe you were as well, or to see him. I got to see him live once, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not like I worked with him personally, but, you know, like in that space of of being and... I mean, I would weep Mm -hmm. like I would weep because that was so clearly actually what was there. It wasn't like, oh, I'm supposed to put on the giraffe ears and listen to you. He just legit did. He was like, I'm going to have whatever it takes inside my being, Mm -hmm. whatever it takes to work on that so that I can actually listen to you. Before thinking of what to say next, you know, before making it about anything, I'm just going to listen. And and in some ways, you know, like different frameworks might talk about it differently. You know, I sometimes I'll have couples. It's like, can you feel her heart while she's talking? Can you, yes, hear the content? I'm not saying the content's not important at all, but deeper than can you actually just feel that something's tender in her heart? And can you listen to the tenderness in her heart a little bit more? Mm than the words she's saying and what they mean to you in your mind. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that, right? And and then it is hard. I mean, I think we've actually run up against this challenge as like creators of something or teachers of something where it's really tapped into something quite deep. Mm-hmm. But then you like make it a thing and suddenly it can just be like a thing running around out there that has certain language to it yep. or format or the way it's supposed to be done and it's like oh the most like yes those words are important like i think about right. i statements yeah. like like it actually is really helpful to make i statements but it is most helpful when what it does is have you actually have to reflect on what can i say about myself yeah. <laughs> and the, and how that transforms my internal experience mm-hmm. to have to pause and go oh I feel hurt. That that's a that's a game changer, not just, you know, when you da da da, da I feel da da da, da you know, like Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where I was going with that. Except that there, you know, it's like how how do we convey this internal piece? Exactly. This embodied piece. Totally. Yeah. There's so much to explore in this kind of territory of this connection between the verbal channel and the the relational dimension. And, uh, you know, one, as you were speaking, one of the things that kind of popped in my mind was the idea of congruence and the idea of receptivity. And I think of like congruence is when it's, it's not just the words that we're saying, but it's like the words, Mm -hmm. our thoughts, our nonverbals, our body, our voice tone, they are all aligned or they're almost like mutually reinforcing, right? And like when somebody is really congruent, it's very impactful. Like you might even say like uh, if an actor like in a movie is very congruent, it makes them a really authentic actor. We know they're pretending, but they're doing it really well. And that capacity for congruence, I think, is, I suppose, the channel or the principle, you might say, that connects mm-hmm. this embodied part with the verbal part. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I mean, I kind of have these two things that spring from it. And one part was just having me circle back around and go, okay, so how does this actually, if we go 
what we're really interested in is people having the kind of relating they want with the people they want to have it. Like, how does this actually impact? And what you just said, like one of the ways I think it does impact that is one of the places that people can get stuck is then I can only say what I feel. Mm. Like if I'm angry, uh, nothing else can happen until like, like it's just, or Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's like that sort of, because it's congruent. Yes. And again, there is this part, you know, I mean, I, it, it's true. I mean, let's just say French, I'll go, you know, it's, it's easy to look at in intimate relationship, yeah. but like, even at, like with, with you as a friend, that if you were her, I was hurt. Um, there is, there's congruence also in dropping down below the hurt, not to pretend like the hurt isn't there. Right. It's not hopping up above it to bypass, but dropping down below and going, mm-hmm. okay. And is the way I'm relating in congruence with the love that I feel mm-hmm. or the ways that I'm that I'm actually genuinely devoted or committed to relating, maybe in general, but specifically to my friend Michael Porcelli. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want like am I am I committed to being kind to him? Am I committed to being curious with him? Am I committed to um, caring about how he feels as well. Like, am I commit? You know, so there are these, and they might be a little bit underneath. Like, I can't believe you fucking did yeah, that. Right. And the, I, and I can't believe you fucking did that is also true. Yeah. Right. It's not to be lost, but it's like, how am I going to share? I can't, you know, and how we find congruence of like, man, I got to say, I'm having a really hard time being kind right now because I'm really mad. Yep is actually kind congruent and authentic Mm -hmm. yeah right so like this is where it gets complex and layered and we go okay so all of this is actually important when we're talking about long-term relationships Mm -hmm. both colleague relationships client relationships intimate relationships friendships our families Mm -hmm. yeah right so yeah that layered thing kind of reminds me of the thing you said earlier about we're just expanding our capacity in a way or like at what point or do we just get hooked by a thought or a certain feeling and feel like oh i have no other choice but to just whatever erupt or get hijacked Mm -hmm. somehow and in a way you could be like i'm just i'm being really congruently angry right i'm definitely i'm raising my voice and i'm angry (laughs) yes and like and but it's like um it's like selective it's like there's just a part here that's talking and like if i have the capacity Mm -hmm. for more you could say it's a capacity to be with more intensity or just more feeling or just a broader aperture on my entire experience more Mm -hmm. inclusive yes then i can be like at least the way it shows up for me when I'm when I'm doing it well, or I feel like I, I like how I'm doing it. It's like, uh, oh, there's that anger. Here's this person, and I can be like, all right, I could go into that now, or I could go into it at another time, or I could say a little bit about something now. Hey, I recognize something is going on for me, like, and I would like to talk about it. I don't need to talk about it right now, but. When you're available, I think it would be good for our relationship or something to talk about that. So I can, mm-hmm. and then when I, we actually talk about it, then I can like put it more in the center and be like more congruent with the sadness or the hurt or the anger or all of the above. Like, and oftentimes, if I'm really committed to openness, authenticity, vulnerability, 
these different <laughs> layers or different parts kind of want to have a little piece of the conversation, right? Like, oh, the angry part. This is the sad part. Mm-hmm. This is the hurting part. Um, but I don't, I don't need to feel like an urgency to like do it like, like immediately just because it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what strikes me is that I think a lot of times what I witness people doing is in a way it's trying to honor the different parts, but it's, um, it's by detracting from them. Mm. And so for instance, it'll, I mean, sometimes there is the, just the full on, I had to talk about how mad I am because I, you know, or, cause that's, what's most authentic mm-hmm. or how disappointed I am. You know, that's another one I see like, like sort of a habit pattern of like, well, I'm really disappointed that you didn't want to da, 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 da. And we're just going to stick with like the disappointment uh-huh. versus the, like, what do we actually want together? But, <laughs> um, but there's often like a, it's almost like a ping ponging back and forth between, well, I know you didn't mean it, but I feel it this way, but you didn't mean it, but I, I like you, but it's this, but it, rather than being able to fully land in one or the other while knowing that the other is there. Yeah. So there, so sometimes, you know, and, and again, it depends like for certain people, but it's sort of like, hey, let's give a little more space to the anger part or the hurt part or, you know, um, to be fully expressed mm-hmm in this moment for a purpose mm-hmm. and and the, and no ping ponging out about how you know they're a good person and they didn't mean it like because it because it's a it's it's having this part kind of hold on because it's like but i didn't really get to express you know exactly but then the same way where it's like well if i have to always come back to their positive intention or if i'm you know like we're on that but then we ping into and then we sort of consistently like find ourselves irritated about little things because we've never really been like actually i'm kind of pissed about that yeah um yeah i i love that like that um ping ponging it it, it it's interesting because it's like we do have these multiple parts and if they're all it's like okay i'm gonna now start revealing and it's like it's like it's almost these little parts are inside trying to like grab a hold of my tongue or my mouth and like blah, 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 blah. but you know they're almost like interrupting each other you know what i mean like yeah 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 and like i i know that i used to do that more often and one for of the sure. signs signals for me to pick up on was like people being confused oh uh, yeah like hey uh, okay i don't get what you're trying to say or i think i'm picking up on some for things sure. that you're trying to say but you know, or they focus on one thing and I'll feel like, oh, but that's not quite it. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so my message did not get, whatever message I thought I was trying to do did not get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, well, it reminds me of context, mm-hmm. like as a tool. Mm-hmm. And and I love what you're saying is, I mean, because it is so valuable for people to actually notice the impact of these. So, oh, what what was a signal for me was, you know, at least these two options sort of one is that they're confused and the other is that I actually don't feel gotten. Yes. Like they're really trying. They're going like, so what I heard you say is and I get to that to that. And you're like, but no, this thing, too. Yes. You know, and then they're like, OK, blah, blah, blah. And then at some point they're like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right. So so and there could be other signals of this, but those are two big mm-hmm. ones. Um. And, and I also, I really love that visual you're talking about. It's like they're trying to grab your tongue. It is like little gremlins or something like, I need airtime. Yep. And the way that this weaves with 
that that building of the capacity, right? Like the wider aperture. Yeah. Or the capacity to know that something's there, but not address it and meet like everything is not urgent. Yeah. And I think. I think, I mean, certainly this happens just in people where we go like, okay, so go in with like a context. Mm-hmm. S- stick with that kind con- say like this conversation is for you to feel heard. Mm-hmm. That's the context. Okay, great. So it, that requires that I have some way of settling the part of me that needs to feel heard or my responses or the that didn't happen that way or the agreement, disagreement, like it it requires that I have some way of settling that and that I'm resourced enough to access it Mm -hmm. so that we can like fully handle, oh, so do you feel heard? Yes. Great. Now let's just walk away from that for a minute, you know, like let's just take an exhale, let's have some water, you know, let's go for a walk. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Tomorrow, tomorrow I need to feel heard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so things like that, or, or, you know, I have like in like something I need to talk with about, you know, like with, I don't know, I think about like with my partner, right. It might have to do with parenting and there could be like a bunch of things in there, but I'm like, okay, we're going to stick with kind of one thing so that it doesn't have that confusing piece that you were talking about, but we were talking about this. Now we're talking about this. We didn't come to any conclusion about this. Is that somehow related to this? I can't really tell. Wait, did we talk about anything at all? Yeah. Like, yeah. And do we feel more connected, you know, or are we like, what, what just happened? happened? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. 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 Without that kind of, I think about it as like a certain kind of self-discipline or, or just a a intention in intentionality awareness. Uh, it Mm -hmm. does, you know, cause when you do have a relational conversation, communication, it often is arising from, some felt sense of tension, right? Like, and oftentimes you experience tensions in a negative way. Sometimes it feels like aspirational, like a positive potential, you know, but a lot of times it feels like, okay, we got to have a talk about this. And it's like, oh gosh, you know, and then it's like this thing and then it's going to be tense. And that discomfort, or you might say that kind of lack of capacity to really be with it all does even, even, uh, the conversation starts to feel urgent, right? And the parts are competing in me, the parts are competing in you, you know, mm-hmm. you might seem to be confused about what I'm saying, but I also feel confused about what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then people start repeating yeah. themselves and it's like, okay, this, why is that person saying that again? You know, like. Do they think I didn't get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So it's like, oh, can we slow it down? And then this, yeah. this principle I actually got from holacracy rather than from authentic relating, I've actually incorporated it into what I'm calling meta relating now, which is sort of like my own kind of evolution of some of these processes. And they, the principle is one tension at a time. Process mm. one tension at a time. And in holacracy, it's in the organizational context, but in the relational context, mm. I think about it as like, oh, cool. Like I can, okay, this is my turn to be heard and understood. Until I feel like that's done, right? And there's actually um, the the sense of like that tension or maybe that part of a larger tension getting satisfied. It's like, I feel the thing. I mm-hmm. really need to be understood and heard right now. Like, please, will mm-hmm. you do that for me? And you're like, okay. And then I, I know you and I have had some moments where it's like, just, just this one thing, Kendra, 
Like, just yeah. listen to me and yes, understand yes. me. That's all I need right now. Yes. Right. And then I know, because yes. I, you know, we have enough trust. I'm like, I know my intensity will kind of like, whew. so I was like, okay, cool. And as, as sometimes that's it. It's just the one thing. But oftentimes it's like, okay, mm-hmm. now, oh, here's the next thing, whatever the next thing is. I actually really now feel totally curious about you. What was that like for yes. you? Oh, now I want that to be a result. Okay, now I hear it. Ah, I feel, the, and it's like yeah. these, these tensions are, I can't, I, I don't know if it's like a ball of a knot, you know, like when you're untangling a string and there's all these little parts. Okay, we're just going to focus on this tiny little part over here. Oh, that one's done. Oh, very nice. Okay, now, okay, this other <laughs> knot, part of the knot, you know, the tangle needs to get sort of untangled. I don't know what the right metaphor is here, but it does sort of feel like if I'm just trying to like untangle the whole thing mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm just going to make more knots or like tighten them up you know what i mean like just i'm pulling it yeah. from all the but if i can like zoom in on a thing just untangle the one piece okay now we're just yeah. kind of resolving it one little knot at a time i mean i think it's a brilliant even just a phrase right one tension at a time mm-hmm. because it really it's like oh i know what that means yes and it is often that kind of a thing that is like, you know, you'll bring attention to me or, you know, it's like, or it happens in relationships, right? In intimate relationships, someone sort of brings a thing and then the other person's like, yeah, well, you know, you never da 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 da. It's like, new tension. Right. That's another thing. <laughs> that wasn't even. <laughs> and also, when it was like, it's like somehow I was going to ignore my tension until you brought attention. And then my, and then my tension went like zip. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's just for some reason is I mean I like the analogy you were using like the the tangled ball of yarn. And I don't think this would ever re- really happen, but the image I almost got was of like a whole series of slack lines. Hmm. And um and I I I I mean I don't know if this is true about slack lines or not, but I was or I was just thinking about like things that are kept in tension at some yeah. point. They they probably need to be released sometimes or they like lose their you know, it's like a rubber band, right? It loses its thing. Yeah. And so your relationships are like this. Like the truth is that we there might even be a certain amount of tension we want most of the time, right? So we're sort of checking. Mm-hmm. Like do is this is this actually the is the is everything like slack? Mm-hmm. Nah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so some, and then we'll kind of like bring attention to just to tension it up rather than like, oh, how can, can we, can we, can we have some, you know, dissonance or polarity on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also that sense of, of what is actually the right, what, like what feels like good tension mm-hmm. or like, so that, I mean, I think about, I don't know if this will, if this will translate to audio, but you know, how we, how we would lead that exercise in various authentic relating spaces of the stick. The stick dance. The stick dance, yeah. So there's two people and each person has one finger on the end, one end of the stick, one end of the stick, right? And you have to have enough pressure so the stick doesn't fall. But if you're like pushing too hard, like nothing can really happen or you're just kind of pushing at each other. Yes. And I I think relationship really does feel like that. And so, you know, if we're just like running around checking the slack of all these different tensions, then none of them are really attended to or we're kind of exhausted. Yeah. It's like, that's the, all the relationship is. It's just like, check and slack, check and slack, check and slack. Yeah. You know, then we're like, why am I here? <laughs> um, or do they get real, you know, loose or are they Flabby. too tight or like, <laughs> yeah. like, so what, it, you know, how do we kind of be in this, this dynamic space mm-hmm. of, 
And I, so I, I just like one tension at a time around that. Like, hey, you know, I mean, that's kind of just useful to mm-hmm. bring into the space and then be like, okay, great. Maybe now we can pay attention to the ground that just feels good. Yep. And and then bring another tension. Yeah, I think I think high level, like you're talking about, you and I is sometimes we can do another tension right after. Yep. But a lot of times, a lot of times you really can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we have to actually pay attention more to like the trees that the slack lines are attached to or the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and just just enjoy like the solidity for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Take a breather. <laughs> Feel <Yeah>. connected. <laughs> Go more towards the similarity or the parts that are good. You mm-hmm. know, in anything in practical mm-hmm. terms, it, do, it does sometimes unfold in, in this way. <clears throat> you know, you could imagine mm-hmm. if, you know, one tension at a time is a thing, but then also the the difference between sort of like, um, yeah, the difference in similarity. It's like, hey, we, okay, we're cranking through, you know, okay, that felt a little bit uncomfortable. We reached a good resolution. Okay, but then we went into another one, into another one. And sometimes our, like, our bodies or our beings, it's like, okay, like, if tension of a certain kind, like, stacks too high or difference, you know, like that rubber band starts stretching and then, (laughs) you know, some part of our maybe more primordial brain is like, eh, are we okay? Like this is, this is feeling kind of intense yeah. or like, should I start being afraid of this person or like, just tell me something you like about me. Come on. Like, I mean, do, are we yeah. still friends or what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Which t- again, to me, this actually loops back around to this piece of um, expanded capacity mm-hmm. and, and can I, you know, maybe I'm upset with you, but can I, long term, can I just also remember to tell you things I like about you on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. And and can that be true even when I'm upset about you mm-hmm. or as upset with you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, I'm irritated about this. Something I really like about you is, you know, or I consistently find that I appreciate this. And again, it's kind of that, like, it's almost down deeper. It's like it's underneath mm-hmm some of the tensions, but it's also true. And I think that gets lost sometimes in the authentic part mm-hmm. is like whatever is on top seems like, well, that must be what's authentic, right? I'm disappointed in you. I'm angry at you. I'm upset with you. I want something from you. You're not doing the thing I want you to do. But underneath that, actually, there's appreciation. There's love. There's, mm-hmm. you know, long-term gratitude. Yep. Yep. And those are also true. Yep. Totally. And there's a little potential misfire to just like, go over the top with nice you know what i'm saying totally, like, totally i'm following their advice you know it's like that management thing it's like you know if you're gonna like give somebody critical feedback say something nice before and something nice after and now people call that <laughs> the shit sandwich and they're like oh okay you're saying something nice get to the crappy part please all right, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like i don't believe any of it right it's like uh, okay but it, it's tricky right but part of that is some mm-hmm. of, of the congruence or like tapping into a deeper mm-hmm. layer where it's like I am doing the acknowledgement or the appreciation, or at least my intention is to do it from a place that's really genuine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I suppose if I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about some intense way, I'm upset at you and I'm like, and I like your hair. You know I mean? That's a little like, eh, okay, come mm-hmm. on, dig a little deeper porch. You know what I mean? Like, but I can, mm-hmm. I can definitely be like, yeah, that was really hard for me to say. And just the way that you repeated it back really felt mm-hmm. good and like mm-hmm. you really were listening mm-hmm. and i want to thank you for that and let you know i 
I recognize that mm-hmm. it had a positive impact the way that you just listened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then it's really arising from the actual moment that we're in, right? It is, it is sort of bringing in another part, like, oh, this part that is sharing with you about it's, something that was upsetting, you know, about you, right? Like, can mm-hmm. pause for mm-hmm. just a second to like, Oh, but yeah, I'm, I'm it's like ground of health kind of thing. Almost like I'm, I'm reconnecting to this underlying structure that is the thing that we have built together mm-hmm. over all these years and letting you know, I feel that I feel the support of it under my feet. Yeah. Which again is kind of the embodied piece, right? Like I'm actually feeling that. Yes. Even in the midst of this. And that's, I think, I think that example is so beautiful in terms of like, actually, you could actually be in a heated moment mm-hmm. and still feel the ground of relationship underneath. Mm-hmm. Or I just think about these like long-term relationships, you know, like you and your brother or something. Yeah. And you might not be in a heated moment, but you also might not be like loving him completely. Sure. And <laughs> it can be like a consistent like, oh, but I have a practice of yeah. actually touching into what I appreciate about my brother. Yeah. Because it matters to me over time. You know, and I think about that, like if you're talking about in a work situation too, like a boss, you know, rather than now I'm doing this, the shit sandwich thing. I think that's hilarious. Um, I mean, it's funny because I actually just said this to my partner yesterday about how he relates to our daughter. Mm. Uh, because he just is like very, he doesn't mean to be critical. He like so wants the best for her that it's always about what she can do better. Mm. And I just saw her really kind of go down the other night and I saw it impact him. And so I was having this conversation. And I was like, what if like, not that he would, ne- not that he's not going to hold behavior standards, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, you may not speak to me like that or I have boundaries and limits. So it's not about, you know, just like making everything really nice. But I just said like, what if you took on, you know, for a couple weeks, every time she did something, you saw how she could do it better, different, or she had better form with her diving or her cycling or her, you know, creation or, but that just for a couple of weeks, all you did was say what you saw that was great about it. Yeah. And I think it actually is helpful for both, you know, I mean, it could be more people, but like, we'll just say both people in a dynamic, like that actually serves him mm-hmm. because it trains his attention differently. And it serves her because she's receiving this positive about what what's actually, and it's not make shit up, but like, wow, that was brave. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I saw you almost fall and you caught yourself. Mm-hmm. And putting attention on that rather than like, maybe don't do that thing so you don't almost fall. Put the attention on like, I saw you caught yourself and just, just keep training. Mm-hmm. And that there, again, it's kind of like what's between them, something slightly different gets woven than that this is always a space of, of criticism. Mm-hmm where his intention is for her life to be better, but her, you know, the impact is that she's like, Dada hates me. I mean, she doesn't really think that, but like. <laughs> totally. I mean, this is, what I love about this is it actually, it actually sort of touches a little bit on even like these sociological things that sort of change over time, like education styles or parenting styles. And, Jeez. you know, this kind of like, you, you don't don't want them to get lazy, so you gotta like be really stingy with the appreciation, or like maybe you never do it, yeah. you know, or you always give a criticism with your appreciation, so they're always wanting to do more, and then, and then, then you know, there's a whole generation of 
people that are like, I feel anxious or like my parents don't really love me or they're impossible to please. or And then you kind of have this like, <laughs> we're the hippie parents and we just love them no <laughs> matter what. And we're just always telling what's great <laughs> Never about say them. No. Never say no. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> we're going to be best friends. And it's, and it's like, there's something about that that I think can also kind of be damaging. And this, this is kind of okay. in a polarity sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, something to honor both of right like this is Mm -hmm. yeah like you know if i think about an intimate relationship or just a really effective colleagueship with somebody it's like hey you know sometimes i kind of want to hear what you think i could be doing better you know what i mean like we've built enough Mm -hmm. trust that like you don't have to just be nice all the time you know and i and i can i can take Mm -hmm. it and i know i'll be better and i know and i trust you enough in a way like Mm -hmm. i this is kind of one of these relational principles of like we have blind spots is there's sort of like the totality of how we express ourselves in the world and then there's this kind of version of ourselves in our own mind that like this is what we think we are and this is how we think we're impacting yeah. the world and it's like it's accurate to a degree and it's just inaccurate yeah. it's just like ways that you're off or it's in a blind spot and like yeah. i need trusted friends to help me it's like having a booger hanging out your nose like please tell me you know don't yeah. just let me walk around with the booger hanging out of my nose right it's like yeah <laughs> Well, and it was it's funny because you and I were joking at the very beginning, and they probably probably listeners won't hear this, but about the the bossy lady on Zoom who comes on and tells us that, that it's recording. Yes, <laughs> and we were joking about informed consent. And in my own mind, of course, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, is that maybe we always want that, or do we sometimes we want to play without consent? But the truth is that I think when we play without consent, it's always in some wider context of that we've chosen, which means that it is consent. Like, yeah. It can get a little, you know, weird when we do this, but but that that's that's what strikes me is that same thing is and this goes back to kind of our intention is how do we have the kind of relating we want with the people we want to have it with. And it partly it does require these pieces of context. Like, hey, for today, we're gonna play without consent, you know, like just you and just me and just for today, which means that it's in the realm of informed consent. But but in that place, this is how we want to play. Yep. Or when you come to this event for two hours, you know, you're going to say everything you think you know, like, <laughs> right. or feel right. We're going to do radical honesty and it's going to look like this. And you're just, you know, and, and you're not going to do anything you know, like you want to you don't want to be part of a conversation. You just walk away. You know, like it's just it's like that's the, that's the realm or you're going to come to this event. And you're going to ask before every single thing, right? Like we, we're all agreeing that when we come, we're not, I'm not even going to talk to you without saying like, can I talk to you? You know, or I'm not, like, is it okay if I come closer or we're just like, and we get to create these different realms. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, I mean, it's what people like about coming to events, like quote unquote, authentic relating events or, you know, like all these different kinds or polarity events or, you know, just mm-hmm. different kinds of relational events is like in a way every people relax a little because they're like, oh, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. And and then we also get to play a little more full out because there's agreement. Mm-hmm. And I think like you said at the beginning is in some way, all of us at some point forget that we actually can do this in all our relationships. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and sometimes it can be kind of radical, like the examples I gave, mm-hmm. or it can just be like, hey, want to try like, you know, talking to each other like this or want to, you know, like, like there's something I'd like in our, in our relating, like, how can mm-hmm. we bring that in? And we actually get to say, 
we, we do actually get to say how we want things to go. Totally. <laughs> it's like a radical idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like, I'm going to, I want to come back to this point, like maybe I- indirectly, because like there's another thing I want to make sure we include in our conversation here, which is um, uh, it, almost kind of the spiritual version of yeah. like, especially, especially people who love circling kind of go into this thing. And it's, it's like it's, this, oh, there's radical ground of being, or we're all one or uh, no bound. There are no boundaries. Like if you really examine it, the boundaries dissolve and like they're just constructs, <laughs> right? And all of this, th- which I suppose is kind of true. I mean, in a way, like I suppose it depends on your metaphysics. I didn't really consent to exist. I just fucking am here. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't consent to my genome. It's just yeah. my genome or whatever, yep. right? Like I, you know, somebody speaking English speaks words, and like my brain makes thoughts out of those words. I can't. <laughs> not consent to that it's just like you know so there are these blurry boundaries where it's like oh and like if you if you sort of flip into a certain orientation towards like the dissolution of boundaries or the oneness or the ground of being or the Mm -hmm. interbeing or whatever you want to call it that can be a you know a beautiful wonderful thing Mm -hmm. that happens at spiritual retreats or when you meditate a lot or when you do a lot of circling Wow, it can be profound even. And like, however, what I find happens is people kind of go like, that was cool. Yes. Let's just always be doing that somehow, or at least always be trying to like steer every conversation or interaction or even make our relationship, the Kendra Porcelli relationship about that thing. So we're just, you and me are always trying to, deconstruct our boundaries so we can feel the oneness like it's like every it's like an, it becomes almost like an implicit bias to all of our interactions and it's like that i don't know if that's actually healthy i mean maybe there are some spiritual teacher student relationships where it's like that's what we're doing and so long as you're going to be like this close to me as a whatever a spiritual practitioner and i'm the spiritual teacher for example like then great we're going to you're going to come at me with something and I'm going to dismantle your boundaries. And like, that's kind of just, and I'm doing it for your good and it's not going to feel good sometimes, but you're going to thank me for it in the end or whatever this kind of guru thing they do. And I'm like, okay, some people want that. And if it's broadly consensual, that's fine. But like the, the idea that somehow our relationship, if it's going to be a authentic relationship or a true or genuine relationship, it has to have this feature of, boundarylessness or dismantling of boundaries or dismantling of constructs or it's like or you know like no i actually think it's a healthier relationship in the whatever you want to call it this relative plane of existence where we got to eat and sleep and you know take care of our bodies and you know earn money or whatever it's like hey having these contexts where you're like over here we don't do that over here we do do that or like hey in our intimate mm-hmm. relationship if you're having feelings and you don't like it uh that's great i want to hear all about that but please don't just like throw out willy-nilly like something like and maybe this is why we should break up like right like because that undermines mm-hmm. my ability to kind of work through this with you if, if it sort of feels like at any given moment, your feeling might be an also a threat to our relationship. That's not what I would call like secure attachment promoting like communication, right? There's a way that secure attachment, mm-hmm. if you, if you kind of believe in that construct for an intimate relationship, 
requires like affirming the relationship itself mm-hmm. in order to explore differences. Even if you maybe are like, I don't really feel like affirming our relationship right now. Like it might be healthy to do so. Mm-hmm. So these these boundaries or these rules, these constraints, you might say, mm-hmm. are sometimes necessary, but not just necessary. They're like if we want to build something interesting or beautiful in this way. They're useful. They're useful. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of like there's there's two ways I could go about that. And one is I think you and I just basically agree here. So I can I can agree with you in a lot of places. Like I, I have a real firm belief in boundaries. I mean, I think if we're going to talk about authenticity, in some broad sense, authenticity is what is so. Mm-hmm. And in my framework boundaries are actually they're actually already so mm-hmm. and then what we choose to do with them it that that that's the place we sort of choose but it's sort of like they're like i have a response when someone comes you know and it depends on who the person is right so my where like my personal boundary my personal space boundary is is different depending on who the person is but at some point i have some response pretty much like every you know other body yeah <laughs> comes somewhere and i'm just like oh uh, and maybe it's like an, oh, like that feels good. And maybe it's like, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> but even the, oh, it feels good ultimately is touching, you know, like I'm me and you're you. Oh, and I would like us to touch there. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, no, I'm me and you're you. And I would like you to be over there. But mm-hmm. both actually require feeling a boundary either for the zing of let's get closer mm-hmm. or the like, mm, of like, let's get farther. Yeah. <laughs> or everything in between. And, uh, and, and then if I just go kind of like meta Mm -hmm. is to, you know, is to say again, like, I think a place you and I have a lot of alignment is that ultimately we're not here to say like, what is an authentic relationship or what is a healthy relationship or what is, and we're here to go like, what, you know, what kind of relating do you and the people you want to be relating with want to have? Yep. And so there is the potential that there are two people or two or more people who like the way they want to relate has something to do with lack of boundaries. Like, okay, great, go do that. But that that's no like people who are here to say that's the, those are the best relationships. Those are the healthiest. Those are the truest. Those are the most authentic. We're here to say, actually, that's just a way of relating. Yep. Um, and if you like it, good for you and if you don't like it there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> right yeah totally um and you know fine fine i mean there's a little bit i think you know where especially with the authentic relating comprehensive there was this the dynamic tension between like yeah find your people right find the people who like to do the thing you like to do and also and how how do we create our people around us rather than thinking i have to go somewhere else to find the people who like to do what I like to do that comes by revealing, you know, and and this goes back to the very first thing I said, which is like, first, I actually have to know how I want to relate so that I can reveal and bring it so that somebody else could go like, no shit. I didn't know. (laughs) I like to do that too. (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) Or I never thought of that, but I'm sort of interested now, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, you're touching on a little bit of some, you know some of what you've been saying this last few minutes is part of my rationale for branding my new thing meta relating rather than yeah. authentic relating because the meta yes. is really just like create the one you want to have 
and like I'll help you yes. get the skills, the communication skills to do that, to address these dynamics. And mm-hmm. there is something, there is a little bit of a bias, you know, I don't want to just say like, oh, it's just like values neutral or it's just, you know, this mm-hmm. complete, like this uh, human universal or something like this. I am saying like, to some degree, you, you do sort of have to know what you want in order to express what you want. And then some people are more or less in touch with that, right? Yes. Or eh, it's better to be congruent because if you're more congruent, you're more likely to have the impact you want to have. But some people have a hard time being congruent. Yes. So like this this idea that there is something like more more honesty, skillfulness or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. is better. Not because mm-hmm. we're saying like, have a radical honesty relationship with everybody you meet. It is because you kind of need to be able to do that in order to create the relationship you want to have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So different than like big cookie cutter, like, or just like, you know, stamps on really like this kind, this way, this, but more like there are some skills and capacities that can be deployed in a myriad of ways. Yes. I mean, literally, it requires. I listened to a podcast that was it was about, but it was basically the difference between like liars and bullshitters, uh-huh. <laughs> or some. It was basically like, in order to be a liar, you actually have to know what the truth is uh-huh. and intentionally uh, obscure it, yeah, or divert from it. But like bullshitters actually don't care what the truth is; they're just kind of bullshitting, yeah. <laughs> And so I hear this thing. It's like even to have like like you want to have a. I mean, this is where we're getting like in our last few minutes. We're just kind of crazy dance. <laughs> like maybe you want to have a relationship where you just lie all the time, or like you <laughs> withhold. Like maybe you like withholding or something. But it's in a way you even have to you have to have that honesty to be able to do it rather than just like it's somehow randomly it's just happening. And I like I don't actually have any choice about when I'm lying or when I'm not. Or I don't even know if I'm lying because I don't even know what the truth is. You know, it's like right. in order to to tell a good lie, I actually have to know what the truth is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's you, you can even play weird. I mean, this is sort of what I like about these very intentionally constructed communities that do almost extreme. Yeah. It's almost like extreme relating games like the BDSM people. Yeah, sort of like, hey, we have a lot of rules. But the reason why we have a lot yes. of rules is because we get to do fucking crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, oh, yes, yeah. we can do that? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and even in, I suppose, a more casual. Have you heard of this? Um, there's this board game called Secret Hitler where the whole no. game is about lying. <laughs> so you just you just play. It's like, okay, for this oh. period of time, yeah. we're going to do this game. And in order yeah. to win, we have to, like, trick each other more successfully. And it's like, that's super exciting and fun for a while. But, like... You know, after I play a lot of rounds of Secret Hitler, I'm like, I, and this is not good. Like, I like wanna, you all I have wa- to leave my house. I'm like, like we're you done. can't even stay in my house because, like, I don't trust any of you anymore. <laughs> but it is fun to sort of like dabble in there, you know, just like it might be yeah. fun to do some, you know, crazy power differential game for the sex, <laughs> for the sex, for the thrill, the sex, the whatever, <laughs> the fun of it all. You for know? the sex of the thrill. <laughs> But yeah, like this is why context, yeah. you know, I I put way more in the foreground, uh, you know, rather than this kind of like always more authentic or always more empathic or always more connected mm-hmm. sort of biases that I kind of got mm-hmm. really kind of accustomed to in the authentic relating community or movement, whatever you want to talk about is like, actually, let's foreground things like 
context and relational agreements and like intentionality <laughs> where we can okay like these the, the, it's more practical because you know I, I talked to a friend of mine i mentioned her to use last time we yeah, talked yeah, she's yeah. like oh yeah, yeah i used to be into authentic relating but i don't do that anymore yeah and i was just like yeah i guess that means something like like that you don't prefer yeah. to do authentic relating but like that didn't compute in my mind because the way that i have always related with it is it should be usable to for you to create the relationships you want to be having right that as I grow and evolve in my definition of authentic, like what is true for me yeah. and what my desires are and the kind of relationships I want to have as that evolves, so does authentic relating yeah. in its in its meta sense, right? Yes. Therefore, meta relating, yes. you know, ding. Yes, ding, we did it. <laughs> Branding complete. <laughs> we tied it in a nice little bow. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. Is there any, anything you want to wrap up with? Any closing thoughts or something you want to make sure that you get to say before we go? I don't think so. I think it was really fun to just see the way that things could they could spiral and then also kind of come full circle. And, mm -hmm. and it was really I had I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed this. I really like blasting with you, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, this is, uh, you know maybe it's sort of like a little bit above average but like when you and i kind of really get into it this sort of felt like that vibe that we get into yeah. so yeah and for well, people who kind of are just listening to us for the first time it's like yeah, if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to be a fly on the wall Kendra <laughs> Kendra and Michael talk. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is uh yeah par for the course in many ways when we're getting nerdy anyway. maybe a little bit less like <laughs> swearing or something sure, but. sure. <laughs> Especially when the kids are around or whatever. Anyway, this has been yeah. beautiful. I've had yeah. a great time, Kendra, and I look forward to doing it again with you sometime. Thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. That's a pleasure. Relational Conversations is the official podcast of Meta Relating, an innovative approach to communicating effectively about your relationships, whether personal or professional. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our resources, training courses, and events at metarelating.com. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Michael Porcelli, founder of Meta Relating. Thank you for listening and stay connected for more.